We started getting like Hello Fresh. Have you oh heard? yeah, I've heard about it. It's good. It's uh, yeah, it's okay. Okay, it's okay. It's it's interesting. It's not what I was expecting because it's like a bag of. It's like it does your grocery shopping for you. It doesn't do your cooking for you. So you end up with like a bag full of potatoes and tomatoes and stuff. So you still got to chop it, which I actually I think I'm quite happy with. Like right. I like that, but it's not as easy to do as you think it's going to be. Right, but, right. but I mean, the main advantage is you don't end up with like, you know, a bag of parsley going brown in the bottom of your Which drink, is always the kick. Which is like, yeah, which I love. I have, I have huge uh, grocery anxiety or yeah. like, like things going off in the fridge just seems like a, some sort of cardinal sin. That, so, you know, so you many things. Like, there's so much I would love to buy. Like, I'd love to buy more cilantro. I'd love to buy more parsley oh my stuff. God, I could send you half the cilantro we have, you know, at the well, end of every week. problem. It's yeah. like, I, when I buy it, I don't buy it yeah. anymore because no. I just, I use it for whatever I'm cooking that night and then it goes back. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I just don't. Oh my God, we should do the Uber for cilantro. The Uber for cilantro? Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's an like, app. Yeah. Cilantro sharing. Yeah. Cilantro sharing. You got some cilantro? Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. We should do it. Okay, we're back. We're back. I'm not even going to say how long we were away for. It was weeks. Time uh, time has no meaning for this no, It's a flat circle. Yeah, it Pretty is. sure I've done that joke before already. Yes, uh, yeah. Have I? I think you have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, I think you have. Yeah. Okay, we're back. We're doing World War II. Let's just get to it. No more time wasting. You're going to tell us about something I'm tonight. I'm pepped. I'm zipped. I'm up. I'm, I'm, yeah. Have I'm you been offers. taking drugs? I know, but I've been reading about drugs. <laughs> I've been reading about and drugs. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're gonna be. Doing, it's a bit of a book report one. We're doing. We're doing the Third Reich on drugs. Nazis on drugs. Yeah. Uh, so this is a thing. It, it's this definitely a thing. thing it's man. so much of a thing yeah. that it's got its own book. The book is called Blitzed. It's by a guy whose name I've forgotten, but um, this is the single source of of the information I'm going to be providing you today. Um, it's a it's a good book. I, I it's it's a fun read. Definitely yeah. as a work of history. It's a bit questionable. It okay. kind of overplays its hand. It's one of those ones where the guy got like the book contract and got his advance, right. and then sort of realized that oh, I don't have quite as much information as <laughs> I thought I was going to. <laughs> so there's there's a bit of filler. So like if twenty you're, pages talking yeah. about D Day. Well, well, if if you're reading a book, a history book that like has like pretty detailed descriptions of the archives the guy went to to get the information Not a he's sign. just about to tell you. Yeah. It's like, eh, yeah, maybe he didn't have enough information. There's some gaps there. And there is, like, there's fascinating stuff, which yep. I which I always, but, uh, you know, relay uh, about drugs in the Third Reich. But this guy is like, oh, drugs in the Third Reich, that answers it all. So it's like the mm. entire, the entirety of World War II, the entirety of the rise Sums of up. the Nazi party is is filtered through what if they were all on drugs and that explains yeah, yeah, everything that's so, a bit dodgy yeah it's a yeah. it's a bit dodgy he overplays his thinking, hand yeah but you know having said that it's a fun read and i think there is some some very interesting well there stuff is in so a uh, bit of a sidebar uh, yes you're pulling it from this book um yeah. about a year ago cbc had a summer uh radio program called on drugs yes 
And they had one episode about drugs in the military, and there was a significant piece on the use of uh, amphetamines by German soldiers in World War II. Yeah, so that's... So I think it is a thing. So that's another piece. I don't think the Germans were so successful early in the war because of their narcotics use. No. But I, it was a thing. I I, it's, it's undoubtedly a thing. And this, yeah. this, I guess before we get into it, this is this is the other sort of suspicion, if not exact fully formed criticism I have, is that is that it focuses entirely on the way the, the Nazis were using drugs and going, oh, well, that explains, you know, their yeah. excesses, that explains yeah. their failures, without acknowledging that actually, you know, Everybody was using drugs. Probably. And in fact, like, the 1930s and 1940s oh. were a pretty drug-riddled time. Opium? Yeah. Huge. Yeah, cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine. Cocaine was very big. Yeah. In fact, cocaine wasn't even really an illegal drug. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Up until the 30s or 40s. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, these you were... You get it. Like, you would... What, what are street drugs today were pharmaceuticals back then, which you could you could obtain from, you know, your yeah, pharmacy. Script, yeah. 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 With, with or without a prescription. Well, let's get into some details about German yeah, so, soldiers getting high. Well, let's 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 talk about the German uh, pharmaceutical industry just to sort of put sure. some backbone. Germany, since you know, sort of the, the the last quarter of the 19th century, had probably been leading the world in its chemical research. Mm-hmm. Uh, a side bar of that, a corollary of that, is that it had led the world in in certain pharmaceutical advancements. Right. So, something I didn't know uh, was that something like heroin. One was like a brand name of a product produced no by idea. Bayer. Yeah. I so I mean, idea. obviously, it's it's derived. It's in it's either an opiate or an opioid. I can't remember yeah. which one it is. It's a difference. The, the difference. The di- one opioid is synthetic. Opiate yeah, yeah. is actually derived from I, opium. I can't yeah. remember wh- which one heroin is. But yeah, I was I actually googled this when I read it in the book, and yeah, you can see like old Bayer ads where it's got you know like heroin. aspirin, heroin, and a couple <laughs> of other drugs on there. Be like, sweet, sweet wow, heroin. you know, it was yeah, it was used like. Put cough, it out there. Cough medicine for kids. Yeah. So, uh, so Germany, heroin. Germany, sort of turn of the twentieth century was uh, was was producing a lot of uh, a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs that today would be considered, you know, street drugs yeah. and, and illegal, including including heroin, including methamphetamine. So right. that was a big one. This is going to be the the main drug that they're they're uh, that the Nazis are going to latch onto. So now we've talked a lot on this podcast in earlier iterations and in earlier incarnations of this podcast about uh, about Weimar Germany, sort of a dissolute time, a time yeah. of a time of easy morals, easy living, easy yeah. easy living. Ever so, seen Cabaret? I have seen Cabaret. I was just interesting. So I was gonna, yeah, I haven't seen it in years. I saw it as a kid, so certain things stuck with me, but yeah. the actual uh, like. The scene with where they the Nazis start singing "Tomorrow Belongs to, to me, me," yeah, sticks with me. And this is exactly what yeah. they're doing. So, so imagine the cabaret world if you've seen it, or just imagine it otherwise. You know, sort of a, a you know, a, an opening up sexuality, yep. drugs, drugs, lifestyle, music, just, music. It's music, just art. it's just easy yep. living. The Nazis are obviously a reaction against that, and yeah, part of their it. reaction against that is, as as seen in the cabaret scene, mm-hmm. where you know they start singing "Tomorrow Belongs to Me," which I gotta say, I really like that song. Yeah, but it's cold in the way. Uh, oh, it's creepy man. as fuck. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cold. But it's a, it's, it's still a killer tune. <laughs> it, it slams. Um, <laughs> but is is 
it's a reaction. So when the Nazis come in, they bring in like the war on drugs, and and you know the way Nazis do wars on things, it's a little different, <laughs> even vicious. from the way like Nixon or Reagan with <laughs> yeah. the, I I would say a certain viciousness to that. But like, if you were if you were deemed to be a you know a uh, a chronic or pathological drug user. You would be sent to a, a concentration, uh, concentration camp. camp, yeah, or you would be sterilized, or you know, yeah, you would you would be subject to really harsh, yeah. harsh restrictions. At the same time, running parallel to to this uh, this crackdown on 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 certain drugs, other drugs sort of that were more sort of within the pharmaceutical, like dressed up as medicine. Mm -hmm received a free pass and went beyond just receiving a free pass but actually received ultimately once the war started the endorsement of uh of of the third reich sure. and the big one was methamphetamine which was which was marketed under the uh under the name pervitin so it i guess the benefit there in connection with the german military is it keeps your soldiers moving exactly and that was that was the the huge benefit so it was it was originally sort of got its start its popularization actually within the medical field and <laughs> and and there there were there were some statistics given like sort of one in four or something german doctors in the late 30s were addicted to pervitin <laughs> and and in fact the guy there's this there's this that the, the head physiologist in the for the wehrmacht a uh, guy named called ranke who mm -hmm. plays a big part in the in the story told in in did I mention that this book was called Blitz? You did. Okay, good. Which is great. I, I really need to say that that's, that's a great, a great title great for, for a book it's about Nazis on drugs. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a play on it words. Is. Yeah, it's fun. It is. Um, who's who's, who's the, the main uh, proponent of, of Pervitin within the Wehrmacht? And he's like... During during the invasion of France, like he's driving around France with like a like a like a fucking U-Haul full of drugs. You guys eat any narcotics? Yeah, and they really are. And he's just handing it out, and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, we've been up for seventeen days. All right, there you go." Anyway, getting getting ahead of myself, but where was I? I was. It was like, well, we've acknowledged that pervitin is obviously beneficial in keeping soldiers awake, and this was why was it being? Well, was it being? So by let's say 30, oh right yeah 40. yeah I was talking about the medical industry yeah. so the medical the, the, the doctors were the first ones sure. to really catch on to this because it was a great way like as to you see like these days to stay awake when you're yep. studying for exams yeah so so it, it, it sort of infiltrated its way into the medical profession and perhaps not surprisingly once once the doctors are you know on board socialized with this with this drug, anybody can all of a sudden it, it has it, a degree of legitimacy it, exactly. The civilian line, there was a guy called, I've forgotten his name, but he was the health Führer for the Third Reich, okay. who was the civilian sort of, you know, Minister surgeon general or, yeah. or whatever it is, was very much opposed to this, this, this drug. But within the Wehrmacht, it had just sort of taken on because it was a drug, you know, that, that kept you awake, made you alert. It kind of made you stupid. Like you couldn't do a lot of abstract thinking right a lot of like it, you couldn't be able to write like a dissertation sure but you would be able to do um rote mechanical activities mm -hmm. it certainly made you alert so you know yeah. if anyone was In sneaking combat. up behind yeah. you yeah for, it, it made you it made you an ideal soldier yeah. essentially right you know you're not going to be doing a lot of deep reflective thinking as you're driving through france but you can but function. you do need to for hours and hours and, and hours, days, days yeah. at yeah. a time. And it, and it cuts down on your appetite. Right. And yeah, it, it lifts your mood. Yeah. So the way this book describes it, 
basically France was invaded by a horde of hopped up speedheads. <laughs> is is that true? I don't know. Yeah. So so the, the, the statistic the book cites is that thirty-five tabs of or doses of sorry, sorry, thirty-five million doses of pervitin were assigned to the German army right. invading France. Now I've read criticisms of this book, which pointed out that like two and a quarter million soldiers were actually involved uh -huh. in the invasion of France. So, you know, that's actually not that much. Yeah. But I think it's the way it was assigned. So when you look at like the way Gundarian, yeah. Gundarian like charged through Pincer, Yeah. Yeah. It, that actually was not a large body of people. No, it was like moving. one, two divisions or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And moving incredibly quickly yep. for a very long period of time. Yeah. So I will say, I, like, I've got a feeling like there probably was a lot of amphetamine yeah. use. There. So, so now that we're discussing this, and I think back to, and I invite our listeners to listen yeah. to Brad Ned's top five battles in yeah. the invasion of France. Um, the German army in France is like once it broke out of the Ardennes forest, it's it's something that's gone down in history as an amazing uh, human feat. Yeah. To not not just a logistical feat or a tactical uh, feat or uh, even a mechanical or engineering one. It's a huge human feat of endurance in order to push those soldiers that hard uh, to to do that, you know, to go strike south and, and yeah. cut off the British and French armies in the north. Well, so, so there's a and quote. so there is some. There, it yeah. has validity to yeah, it. Yeah, there, there, yeah. There's a quote from Guderian in the book. It, 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 it isn't given any context. It's one of those sort of like, uh, not epilogues, prologues. Sort of, yeah, yeah, every paragraph. Yeah, or yeah, every where, chapter, yeah, yeah. Where it goes, I asked you to stay awake for 48 hours and you've given me 17 days. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, How'd that happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. All so right. so the way this is described, and, and I think the guy who wrote this book, Olin, I believe is his name, was is a novelist. So it's written very novelistically. Hmm. Also, It's a fun read. I was listening to it on double speed on uh, on Audible, so wow. which just added some some, some razzmatazz. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. So popping. I am going to. I'm willing to be convinced by the notion that yeah. that of not a decisive part, but because even even without the speed, you still needed the logistics to get these tanks. To oh, fuel sure, and sure, everything sure, like that. sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm willing to be like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. So they, there, speed. does he discuss? So we discussed the 1940 yeah. of France. Um, when I think forward of big German offenses, the next one would have been 1941. Exactly. And, and, and so, so his same argument applies, but it, it, it's, it applies to describe the, uh, the lack of success oh. in that. So, you know, the, the invasion of France was very quick. Right. And now, now the uh, the the pervitin, the the methamphetamine, will give you will give you all kinds of um, energy for for a few days. Right. But the, you're going to pay pay a toll, right? Right. Yeah. Once once you know you've used it for a few days, the brain stops producing the dopamine and the, right. the adrenaline and all the things that it had been producing to give you the energy boost. And in fact, you're gonna you're gonna hit a a sag. You're gonna you're gonna crash. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to say. So, so, so he applies I mean, that argument. You, he says, you know, they went charging into to Russia. They they you know achieved initial successes, but you know once the that uh, that initial invasion petered out and it became sort of like you know yeah. uh, positional warfare, a bit more attritional. The pervitin was actually detrimental. a detrimental, and where it became useful 
again was probably in the retreat and managed, yeah, to, stay and managed to keep people and you know deal with the lack of yeah. uh, the lack of so I, I mean i think that might be a bridge too far i think it's a, yeah <laughs> yeah but but you know uh you know some truth there's always a bit of truth in these i think you know, I think they, you, know they, you read these I, I feel like the second world war i mean it's probably one of the most written about and researched uh moments definitely in 20th century history almost in world history and i feel like historians are like all right what hook yeah can i get and that, now and you that's know? exactly how hook. this is something, it's like i've something got drugs I've, I've discovered something yeah exactly yeah, he's no like, discovered. i've yeah. got drugs and and i mean he, he he's clearly done the uh yeah, the done archival the research, research he's the work, because he's yeah. freaking described the, yeah. the archives to me so i'm willing to believe yeah. he's been there but but he he yeah he runs everything through yeah. that uh, and I don't think you can do that I think that I think there's probably some truth yeah. in that you know um, in what you're saying I think yeah. we both acknowledge the invasion of France it would explain you know like I think Seventh uh, Panzer Division which was Rommel's Panzer Division yeah. it would explain their amazing yeah because Rommel wasn't even a an armor guy at that point he was uh, a, he, he was be- an infantry yeah but he yeah. became famous for it yeah after exactly that. Yeah. yeah but but he was just like let's just keep moving let's forward. just keep going keep going keep yeah. going uh, and certainly you know invasion uh, you know initial success but this idea that you can you know the failure the overall failure of Operation Barbarossa to succeed like true victory is attributable to this drug as much as the well, so, success so was he's, eh. he's got he's got a so. Running parallel to the Pervitin, like the, the methamphetamine mm-hmm. story, he's got the story of uh, Dr. Uh, Theodore Morel, who was Hitler's personal doctor. Right. So he's got this story using a a, uh, a different drug, a dr- drug called Utical. Hitler which was is a, a huge drug addict. Well, so he wasn't originally. Yeah. So he he's very one. Inter- <laughs> he became one. So he's got the story of how Hitler became a drug addict right which in in some ways is actually a more interesting story because it's got this this guy dr theodore morell who like absolute historical villain but is also just crazy crazy and and absolutely fascinating so so this guy is just like a a kind of like he's he's almost like a hollywood um doctor right so he's in berlin he's got it he's got his his practice set up on on a fashionable street He's treating a lot of uh, a lot of singers, a lot of actors, a lot of sort of showbiz German yep. showbiz types, and his specialty is vitamin injections. Uh, so so he's really good at whipping up these concoctions and and giving everybody a shot that makes him feel good. He's kind of a doctor feel good, but I don't think at the original stages he's actually like he's actually like injecting particularly. Um, particularly potent drugs into people. It's mostly, right. it's mostly it's like, hey, yeah, here's some vitamins. Yeah, here's you some know, B12 this'll, shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this will yeah. get you. This will get you going or yeah. something. Oh, you got stage fright before your big yeah. performance. Boop, stick that in you, yeah. and uh, and away you go. So anyway, he uh, he goes to a fateful dinner with Hitler's photographer. It's so funny the way into the inner court for the Third Reich is completely like completely bypasses like official circles. Right. right? So he gets in. Through uh, through Hitler's photographer, who introduces him to Hitler, and Hitler obviously is a bit of a health freak and yep. a bit of a, a pseudo science quack. Yeah, um, you know he's a vegetarian, he's vegetarian. loves uh, loves any notion about you know like uh, you know something that sort of sounds scientific. Like God, like so much of Nazi ideology was. Yeah. Well, that sounds sciencey. Science, yeah, you know, a scientician. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So so that's what this guy's angle right. is. So he works his way in, and and eventually he works his way to the point that that he like he's 
the one essential, you know, companion to Hitler. So, like, by the end of it, you know, it's like Hitler alone in the wolf's den or whatever yeah, its goddamn yeah. bunker is called bunker with no and, windows uh, and no it, ventilation. The Reich bunker, and this, I think yeah, yeah, called, and yeah. this and this doctor is the only guy who's allowed to see him. And but he the, was, I think, he was a doctor that gave him the cyanide. Uh, I don't know that because I got to be honest with you, I didn't quite make it to the end of the book. Yeah, I think he but, was. Uh, I think he was with him at the end but, and gave him the cyanide. But up till that point, like this guy was like looking for every angle. So, so he was he was injecting. Uh, he was injecting Hitler with who knows what, but but at the early stages, fairly benign stuff. Mm. But then he was like he was like concocting these these vitamin pills just for Hitler, and then he that, that came in gold wrappers and had like Hitler's initials on them. So everyone's in the in the like the, the chancery saw that. Was, Ooh, I want some of that. So then he concocted. It was like basically product placement. So then he concocted like. Basically the same vitamin pills, but they came in silver wrappers, but they had like a Reich's Chancery written yeah. on them. So everybody who thought they were in, in the Reich's we're Chancery were, were popping these pills. And it just kind of worked its way down. So until until like he came out with some general Wehrmacht ones. He, he ran into some trouble with the with the Luftwaffe. The Luftwaffe, of course, were on their own pills, but they weren't they weren't taking this guy's pills. Yeah. So so then he wrote to Hitler and got the chief surgeon of the Luftwaffe kicked to take out these pills. So, so he could he could build it. And then once Barbarossa starts out, and Hitler actually starts taking uh, so so around forty one. The stress of being Hitler starts mm. to take its toll on Hitler. Like he starts having like stomach cramps, yeah. and like he's probably a bit of a hypochondriac oh, anyway. Yes. Yeah. But but and you know obviously not receiving yeah, any insane. sound you know <laughs> objective uh, medical advice. Uh, this guy Morel starts uh, starts like pumping him up with with uh, different things, and he's really into hormones, and he's really into like sort of like steroids. So he's creating these concoctions out of bull testicles yeah. and like and like uh pig prostates and like literally like, like these these crazy quackery. yeah it's absolute quackery and and the, the the author points out that at this point like hitler can no longer could no longer really call himself a vegetarian right? <laughs> yeah because like, he's, he's not consuming it's, it's like, animal products but this guy a syringe he he gets a monopoly on all the slaughterhouses in the conquered ukraine all the all the glands, all the livers, all oh. the prostates, all the testicles, all the lymph nodes, like the Jesus. thyroids, like they they are, there's a there's a Reich's order declaring that they all have to be sent to his factory originally in in Kharkov and then ultimately as you know in the Berlin, Soviets are putting yeah. it actually in in, in Czechoslovakia. Oh, Czechoslovakia. So these trucks, well, 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 the the Third Reich is trying to re retreat from from Germany. <laughs> the roads are clogged by these these like refrigerated trucks carrying like pig thyroids <laughs> to this guy's factory where he's whipping up these crazy concoctions because oh. he's got like the monopoly for these. Uh... Now that's a better. That's an almost more engaging story. Yeah, you know, yeah, than yeah. the you know the oh, oh, German soldiers on. Oh, it, it's absolutely yeah. yeah. It's 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 more interesting and in, in a way. So he's trying to explain Hitler's uh, decline and like like through the lens of through through the doctor. lens of this guy. Yeah. So so I, I kind of got sidetracked because that's just great yeah, stuff. So good. But then the doctor around forty three. Hitler's condition is getting worse. And I mean, like, obviously, no sympathy for Hitler, but you got to imagine that it's actually probably really freaking stressful being uh, the Fuhrer. Yeah. Especially when your war starts going the wrong <laughs> way. You've 
killed a lot of people. You're trying I don't, to kill more. I don't know that that was the issue. It was like the lack of success. So I think Hitler's, as portrayed in this book, the Hitler's biggest worries were, one, when he was successful, the success or the, the, the credit was going to his generals, which he didn't okay. like. So this is one thing, like like leaping back to the invasion of France, the, the order to halt outside Dunkirk, yeah. for Guderian to halt outside Dunkirk, yeah. this guy attributes to, actually, Goring, morphine addict. He is a morphine Wanting to, morphine yeah, and just some great stories about yeah. about and the wanting Goring to have his the, moment the, of Yeah, glory. exactly, yeah. yeah. But again, there again, I mean, we're kind of, we're definitely going off on tangents here. No, but, yeah, I, mean, as well. I mean, there's been, like, books written about the halt order, mm. you know, or entire chapters of books. And... You know, there's some sound military uh, reasoning in ordering a halt order. Okay. You know, for logistics reasons. And yeah, the fact just that for things to carry. Really, just like most of these Panzer divisions were uh, almost worn out yeah. at that stage mechanically. Their logistics trains went way back, like way back. They yeah. didn't have spare parts. And they were still concerned about, you know, there was some concern about French armies in the South. Yeah, and this is the other thing. Is so, that... I mean, like, you can't explain. Because the you can't just is, get a hook and then explain everything off the there, there, there had been yeah. halt orders previously in Guderian's advance <sighs> that he had just ignored. Yeah. And if not if not as explicitly halt orders as, you know, like, once you get to point X, wait at point X until you're, yeah, you yeah. know, supplied. And he yeah. just was just like, no, I'm already yeah. past point X. Sorry. And I think that, yeah, well, in that yeah. case, then, like, you're already yeah. past it. And also, too, I mean, I don't think we can underestimate, you know, uh, the halt order gave the French army time to create, you know, defensive perimeter around Dunkirk. Um, yeah, I think there was some there was some nervousness in the German high command yeah. uh, about how successful the attack had been. It had been a little more successful than they had thought, and they were getting a bit concerned. So yeah. I think there's military explanations why you would do it. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, as much as there is, De Gaulle almost pulled off the attack from the south, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, he did almost. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's logical reasoning. Like the French just didn't take advantage of it, uh, but there was logical yeah. reasoning why you would do it. As much as you want to give morphine addicts. In this uh, story, some, it's, it's, it's yeah. morphine. It was um, gory. There's some really... It, it really is... Really, when he gets into the, the depravity of the inner circle of the Third Reich, oh. this guy this guy goes to town and really writes very lovely... So even lovely better cut. on That's that... That's maybe the wrong word. Uh, yeah. Even better on that, and maybe we should you know, probably wrap up here soon, but yeah. uh, even better on that point, um, Anthony Beaver's um, Downfall. Oh, okay. It's an excellent yeah. book that more. I mean, I haven't read this gentleman's book, mm. but I think more critically yeah. and academically, yeah, um, and definitely in the last stages of the Third Reich, the sort of just like how it was just falling apart. Yeah, not just like structurally or um, you know militarily, like morally, it was yeah. falling apart and like. You know, these orgies that were going on in the Reich uh, yeah. bunker and the drinking and just, right. Just so this guy's sort of, this guy is sort of, after 43, um, Dr. Morell starts, starts shooting up uh, Hitler with essentially Oxycontin. Right. I, I think it was called Eucadin, but anyway, it was, it's it was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was an Oxycontin sort of type drug. And that was really the, the beginning, well, not the beginning of the end, but the end of the end. Yeah. In that, in that Hitler, who had never really had 
a full grasp on the strategic situation. Completely <coughs> loses it. Just completely lose it and is actually living in this unventilated bunker. His only real companion is is this Dr. Morell, <laughs> who is his, you know, Dr. Feelgood. And and at that point, you know, there is no competent strategic leadership coming from coming from uh, coming, coming from, from Hitler. And that, and that is when the drugs start. Up until that point, there's all kinds of things going into Hitler, but it's not really like full on what we would call drugs. It's sort drugs. of steroids or hormones or yeah. kind of crazy shit. And then, but once that starts happening, you, you know, Hitler starts developing like Parkinson's disease, yeah. which which this guy attributes to all the hormones that were injected into him, like yeah. and, and the body's reaction to it. it starts it basically starts eating himself. Like it sounds horrible. Like Hitler's last days, and by last days, I mean like last. Days. Eight months yeah. is like is like he was just he just lay on his bed quivering yeah. you know until he get his. Well, he his, had hardly any public. Um, one of his last, he did have. Uh, I think one of his last public uh, ventures uh, was uh, you know decorating some soldiers. Uh, was was in April, late April, uh, close to the end. But, oh God, is that like the, was, the awful shot? The, the, the shot where, the, where he's putting the medal on like a twelve year old. Yeah, yeah, it's a shot. That is like the last public um, uh, viewing that Hitler, everyone had ever seen of him. Uh, certainly one for the cameras. But really up until then, no one had seen yeah. him for months before. Yeah. yeah. So it was really, uh, really kind of falling apart at that stage. Yeah. And the last thing yeah. I read in the book before I had to wrap it up because I had to go do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Was was the uh, the Kriegsmarine. Uh, they had their own. It, this has mostly been about the, the army, a little bit about the Luftwaffe. He had a little bit at the end about the Kriegsmarine towards the end of the war, developing this 10-drug cocktail that they were going to give to guys to ride mini-subs uh, yeah, mini mini yeah. to, uh, to, to sink the D-Day invasion fleet. Oh, wow. That didn't work out, apparently. No, yeah. no. They did use them, but most of them yeah. either sunk themselves or got sunk. Mini-subs just don't seem to be a very viable... They work well in harbors. Yeah. There has been some success. The Italians had success yeah, the against Italians... the British... And the Japanese the used Japanese. them in Madagascar. Yeah, and the uh, British used them against the Japanese in Indonesia. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there's no. some significance. Yeah. They actually, I don't think they use mini subs. I think they use like kayaks. Like they use like these, you know, uh, um, detachable like fold out kayaks. You may they, as well. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's quieter. Yeah. You know, and you just kind of paddle up to uh, ships in harbor, put mines on them, paddle away, and they sink. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, sidebar for another time. Um, yeah. Oh, we should do a mini we sub. We should do a mini yeah. sub one. Boy, That's just, the ideas are popping tonight. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. almost like we're on drugs. Yeah. 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 Ah, thank you, Bayer. Yeah. All right. Thank, All right. Our, thank our sponsor, uh, <laughs> yeah. IG Farben. And... <laughs> Remember to take your heroin. All right. Good night, everybody. Yeah.